Welcome to your online coffee break, where we discuss bite-sized topics that inspire, educate, and entertain. Here's your host, a software innovator, award-winning marketer, and astronomy and space buff, Chuck Fields. Hello, thanks for joining us today for your online coffee break. Today, it's my pleasure to welcome to our show, Lindsay Bacardo. Lindsay is a speaker, trainer, and career coach who has spent the last 10 years learning about what makes millennials love or hate their life. She's coached hundreds of 20-somethings to find their dream job and live a life they're proud of. Welcome to the program, Lindsay. Thanks. I'm glad to be here, Chuck. Oh, it's my pleasure to have you. Now, you have a very interesting background. Uh, I understand after college, you started touring in a rock band with the Giants of Silence as a drummer. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to know if you could tell us a little bit about that and how you transitioned from that to the career coaching field. Yeah. So when I first, you know, was kind of finishing up school, you start to feel that pressure. Like, what am I going to do? I have to use my degree or I have to find something that's interesting. And I tried a bunch Mm -hmm. of things. And um, at the end of the day, my passion for music won. So I got to tour for a few different, a few years in a few different bands. Giants of Silence was one of them. Hmm. And um, after about six years, after several, you know, different events, I decided, you know what, I think I need a break from sleeping on the floor. <laughs> and sure. so, Sounds good. Why not? And so, um, yeah, and I, there was other things that really, I still love music. I still love playing. And there's other things that I wanted to try professionally. So mm-hmm. um, I thought about what I really love about music. And for me, it's talking to people before and after the shows. And it's creating an experience for people that kind of transports them at least momentarily, to a brighter, uh, more hopeful place. So I love getting to create those environments. And so I went back to school, actually, for coaching, which is an offshoot of psychology, which is my undergrad Mm -hmm. degree. And I studied really what motivates people, why we make the decisions we do, um, how to help people self-actualize and kind of become the best version of themselves and to own that without apology. And I took all that I learned there, and at the time, I think I was 27, and I took it all and I branded it and made it accessible to millennials, to the generation that was just coming into the workforce and starting their careers. Hey, let's talk a little bit more about millennials. I know that yeah. you know we could get real specific and say they're born between, what, 1981, 96, but who would you define as a millennial? So in general, somebody who was born in the 80s and 90s, they grew up. Um, with certain parenting styles, with certain messages from our culture, mm-hmm. and experiences, specifically in the U.S., that shaped our view of work and life and what matters. And so a lot of times people misuse millennial as in, like, whoever the next young buck is in the office, but yeah. um, a millennial is actually a, a generation set, just like boomers are, just like Gen Xers are, and each one of those generations had really... Uh, different experiences in society and that shaped their view of life. And so millennials are the ones that have um, graduated. Most of them have graduated from college now and they're in the workforce. Mm -hmm. Some of them are still in school, but Gen Z is right behind them. And millennials grew up typically, not always, but they were typically raised by boomers. And boomers were raised right after World War II with this optimism that we could change the world right. if mm-hmm. we banded together because we literally did. Yep, we did. And so they have a perspective, right? So they have a perspective on life about um, working together, banding together, being optimistic, knowing that we can change the world. And so they bring those ideas with them 
throughout their life. And certainly um, they brought that to college and then into the workforce as well. How, how would you say millennials can compare to others as far as their employment decisions, their skills, their drive with that in mind? Yeah. So the, I think the piece that really matters there too is looking at higher education. So in the eighties and nineties, a lot of boomers would tell their kids, Hey, go to college, get a degree. You'll make at least 50 grand a year. You'll have health insurance. Life will be so much easier for you. Our dream for you is that you get an education. Mm -hmm. And so that's what a lot of millennials did. We went to school. We followed the rules. We did what, you know, our parents suggested. And then the stock market and our our housing market crashed in 2008, 2009, which meant that all of these students weren't able to fill the new jobs in companies because boomers were staying because their retirement plans crashed. Right. So all of a sudden, (laughs) it's like we put a big stop sign in the natural flow of retirement and then the influx of new employees. And so you've got this generation that said, hey, I did everything you told me to do. They have a ton of student loan debt. They're the most educated generation in U.S. history, but they also have a ton of debt. And now they can't get a job that matches what they studied and certainly can't contribute significantly to paying back off their student loan debt. So you, so you can imagine that's kind of a precarious place to be right out of college. It is. Now, is that changing? Are the boomers finally getting around to the way they're retiring to the point that millennials in the workforce might actually be outnumbering them? Um, they are outnumbering them now. Yeah, we're wow. starting to see that turnover happen. So it's slow. I mean, it doesn't happen right away, but you can start to see that shift happen. And then the generation behind millennials, Gen Z, mm-hmm. They're, they are more open to going to trade school and finding alternative ways to uh, make a living, which I think is really important because we do have a lot of trades right now that are drastically, we don't have enough employees for them. So construction would be an example of that. Construction, you know, we need to find people who want to do that type of work. But if you've gone to college, that feels, that doesn't feel right to mm-hmm. then go into construct. That's hard to kind of, sure. you know, make that mental shift. So it's, it's important that, um, and there's a lot of people who are way smarter than me who have studied like trends, <laughs> education trends and financial trends. And um, it's been said that we will move back towards a generation that's open to going to trade school and doing something different. Not everybody is built or designed or even wants to go to a four-year um, you know, school. Sure, I would agree with that. Now, Lindsay, I'm a generation Xer, and I know that sometimes millennials get unfairly labeled as entitled. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think a lot of those labels probably come from anecdotal experiences that people have, and then they Mm -hmm. kind of build this lens that they see the world through, and millennials is kind of a dirty word. You know, you don't say it in a positive (laughs) way typically. Right. Um, Entitled is a little tricky, I think. Part of it is if you grew up in the 80s and 90s at a time where the U.S. was pretty stable and things were going well in that sense, then having a home, having health care, having food and all those things, that was kind of the norm, the normative thing. And when your parents are telling you, if you go to college, you'll get the job that you want. It makes sense that your experiences up until the point, up to that point would set you up for expectations to get a lot out of your first few years of your career. Hmm. And so some of that, I think more is that your expectations, your experiences create those expectations you know, we all talk about how millennials get trophies for just, like, showing up. Yes. And I always have to laugh because who's the one that gave them the trophy? Exactly. The parents. <laughs> it's the parents. It's not mm-hmm. – we didn't make a trophy ourselves. That's right. And so, 
I think it's a little tricky when you look at, you know, why is somebody the way they are? We weren't self-determined from the time we were babies to be this way. You know, a lot influenced our perspective on life that we didn't have control over. I totally agree with that. And and I, I've seen so many firsthand, so many millennials that are, oh my gosh, they are just so driven and so successful and so amazing. Uh, but I know that yeah. some of them, and not just millennials, but some of them may be feeling a little bit burned out with their career. And, you know, they just, something's missing. They just don't know what it is. I understand that one of the many programs you offer is called Unleash My Career. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So think about, we've got this generation that has gone to college and followed the rules and now they're a bit disillusioned because things aren't working out like they thought. And, you know, career development is at a much, it's at a different pace than when you're in college. We, We move at a different pace once we're in our career. You know, when you're in college, you're changing your lifestyle maybe every four months, new classes, new professors, maybe you're moving dorms or moving into your fraternity or sorority house or, you know, it's a lot of different shifts that you have. And so uh, my program, Unleash My Career, helps millennials get that momentum back. Oftentimes we start to lose momentum and then we look to our bosses and our managers and it's like, dude, what are you doing? Give me something new to do. I'm bored. And I think the actual key to solving this is the millennial knowing the steps they need to take to understand who they are, mm-hmm. understand what they're actually looking for, how to ask for it, and build out a plan that works for them that really their boss just signs off on. Their boss isn't creating that for them. And so that's the difference. You know, I'm really excited to show millennials how to take full responsibility for their career path because I think they want to. It's just this is not something that we teach people. Sure. Now, I understand, too, that you, you offer not only individual coaching, but also corporate and even fraternity sorority coaching. What, what does your coaching look like, if you can describe that? Yeah. So um, typically, if I'm in a company or I'm working right now, I'm in Florida with Sigma Kappa um, for their convention, which is fun. So sometimes those, those types of opportunities are more speaking events. It's more me just... Um, you know, speaking in a larger setting. Mm-hmm. But when I'm working in companies and when I work with individuals, I bring them through a step-by-step program. And there's really four main things that we're trying to accomplish when we work together. The first is to build your self-awareness mm-hmm. and help you understand really who you are. Um, oftentimes I find that we're still not as aware as we could be about what, what we're wired to do and what we're best at. Mm-hmm. A lot of students come to me and they're like, I'm an engineer, but I love people and I want to work with people. And now, <laughs> you know, I don't know how to fix that. So yeah. the first step is to build your self-awareness. And then it's to understand um, what is actually out in the world, the opportunities that exist out there. And so when I'm in a company, I'm typically not, you know, helping the company lose their employees by finding other opportunities. I'm really <laughs> sure. helping that. I'm helping that organization and those younger employees learn how to um, find momentum right where they're at instead of moving, you know? And then the third step I typically help millennials work with my private clients is how to network. Networking feels icky. It feels like we're going to exchange business cards and basically nothing's going to happen except I just wasted an hour at a bar having small talk. And so Mm -hmm. there's, yeah, there's much more smarter ways to network, especially for introverts. And I'm one of them. So I (laughs) understand that. Yeah, and then it's about ultimately the fourth step of choosing what you want and being patient, uh, but also continuing to take little micro steps every day towards what you really want. So that sometimes I'm doing that inside of a company and I'm helping grow the next generation of leaders to take responsibility for themselves, self-leadership, 
how to communicate to um, their teammates or their managers, um, and then also helping them learn how to manage their stress. So it's, it's, it just depends on the environment that I'm in. Mm-hmm. All of it leads to more self-awareness and more motivation and momentum behind your career, ultimately, whether it's staying in the same company or, you know, if you want to leave and you need somebody to help you make that happen. For those uh, listeners out there that just want to get started right now, of course, we're going to send them to your website, lindsaybricardo.com. But are there any yeah. exercises or strategies that they can start doing right now to help get ahead in their career? Sure. Yeah, there's a couple of things. Um, there's two things that I run across a lot that I usually share with people when they're feeling stuck. The first one is certainly to get more self-awareness. And there's a lot of ways to do that. There's free personality tests online you can take all day, you know. Yeah. Um, are you even some of them are kind of funny, like, are you a pizza or a sandwich? You know, I'm, <laughs> you know, but you can do a lot of self-awareness work um, with Myers-Briggs, with the DISC. I encourage people to take strength finders to understand the themes around how they're wired so they can communicate that clearly. One thing that I have everybody do is text three people they know and just ask them, what do you see are my top skills or strengths? Just ask the people that you know around you. They, they know you best. And oftentimes you'll find that whoever you ask, they'll come back with similar responses. And that helps you start to format, oh, yes, I guess I am really good at organizing information. Or I guess I really am good at planning. Everybody wants me to plan their parties. I guess I really am. And we really do need that positive feedback to understand what we're best at. Sometimes it's hard to see our strengths because they come so easy to us. They don't cost us anything. Mm -hmm. And it's harder. You know, it's just, I never think of my elbow unless it hurts. (laughs) Yeah, me too. So when I think about my, you know, my elbows are rocking. I've got great elbows, but I never (laughs) actually think about that until I bang my funny bone. Right. And (laughs) so part of what we need to do is just, even if it's those basic free things, uh, just be asking people, what do you see in me? I'm trying to build some self-awareness. Another thing to do is to start, if you want to stay, say you're in Indianapolis and you want to stay there, but you want to move companies, start interviewing your friends that work at companies that you're excited about. I think too often, you know, we go on our laptop or we go on our phone and we're looking at these websites for companies and it's like, oh my gosh, this would be amazing. Look at this. They they have cool stuff. They've got a keg. They've got a ping pong table (laughs) or whatever it is. And, um, you know, a website is not really an accurate portrayal of a company. So get to know people that work at organizations or companies that you're excited about and find out what's really going on there. And if it's a company that you're like, no, I really do. This looks awesome. I really want to be a part of this. Start to continue to build friends there. Because oftentimes forward-thinking companies, and I know this happens in Indianapolis, they encourage and pay their employees to recruit for the next open spot. And so there's a lot of opportunity just getting to know people who are doing stuff that you're interested in. And I think that's a really important purposeful step versus just kind of hanging out with people you always do, doing what you always do. Go out on a limb a little bit and meet people who are doing stuff that you find interesting or they're at companies that you find interesting. That can, that can open some serious doors and it's easy and it's free. Oh, these are great tips. I, I tell you, that's so impressive for reaching out to your friends to, to get some good feedback for what your strengths. And I love just the risk taking. Mm-hmm. Take a risk. Don't be afraid. Don't hold yourself back. Just reach for it and go for yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay, yep. these, are, these are fantastic. I appreciate what you do. And I just want to thank you for taking the time today out of your busy schedule to join us. Thank you so much. Thanks, Chuck. Online Coffee Break. 
I've been so impressed with Lindsay. She she has such a great personality. I, I really encourage you to go to her website. It's lindsaybocardo.com. That's L-A-N-D-S-A-Y-B-O-C-C-A-R-D-O.com. She's got some great videos. She's got some great tools. She's got some great services. Uh, again, if you're a millennial and you're feeling burned out in your career or you just want to get more focused and try to tackle life, go to her website and um, she can definitely help you out. Uh, we appreciate you joining us today for your online coffee break. If you have a comment, uh, please feel free to go to onlinecoffeebreak.com. Let us know there or on facebook.com forward slash online coffee break. Thank you so much for listening today. Have a wonderful day. See you next time. God bless.